1: and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to
1: Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you?
0: Doing good. And man, I tell you, I've just been really locked in on the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs. That's like all I've been doing every night. It's been fun.
1: Yeah, there's a lot on. And, uh, you know, I've been on the Underdog Fantasy app a lot and doing over-unders and rivals. Have you been playing as well?
0: Yep, I've been doing a lot with the uh, Warriors and and uh, Memphis series. A lot of uh, picks with Steph and John, all those crews. So yeah, it's been fun being on the app.
1: Yeah, they had game three where the Warriors score 142 points. I think that was a record for them in a playoff game. And then the next game, I think they scored 101 points. So pretty different games as far as like over-unders and rivals and things like that with the underdog app.
0: Yeah, I think what makes it fun is because, like you said, every game is so different. Like you never really know the outcome. So, you know, you might think, oh, Steph's going to go for 40 tonight and he might have 20. So it's kind of fun. You never know how it's going to end up.
1: All right. No guests this week. We have lots of different topics to cover Uh, And then at the end, Griggs and I are heading to New York for Sports PR Summit. We haven't been there in three years, so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. But let's start with breaking news this morning, Griggs. Tom Brady is going to be Fox's lead analyst for NFL games as soon as he retires. It was announced by the network today. He's going to pair with Kevin Burkhart. So basically what Fox has done is they let Joe Buck and Troy Aikman go to ESPN and they brought in Kevin Burkhart. Well, they promoted him and now they brought in Tom Brady. So Greg Olson probably calls the lead analyst games with Kevin Burkhart until Tom Brady retires. But my guess would be Griggs Fox has two of the next three Super Bowls, including the next one. If Tom Brady and the Bucs are eliminated prior to the Super Bowl, Brady's probably calling the next Super Bowl with Kevin Burkhardt.
0: Yeah, I mean, what a great, that's going to be so fun. I mean, I saw that news too and I was like, oh, perfect. I mean, he's he's funny, obviously he's brilliant, intelligent, knows the game inside and out, but I think uh, that's going to be a great combo. Fox, good pickup, and I'm excited to see how he is in the booth.
1: So I think the loser here is Drew Brees. So Drew Brees went to NBC. There was a lot of speculation that he may move from NBC to Fox to take this lead analyst job for the NFL games but he doesn't get that job he's not the lead analyst at NBC because NBC re-signed Chris Collinsworth so I don't know you know Breeze's career hasn't started off maybe like he wanted it to Uh, I think he does a really good job but if you have a chance to get the goat you get the goat and the fact that he's like you know, their lead analyst in waiting now is great for Fox and really bolsters their broadcast. I think Tom Brady will be a good broadcaster. I mean, we've seen him on the broadcasts of uh, the match. You know, he's got a good personality. I know that's very different, but you you want your analyst to be able to take you inside the game. Peyton Manning and Eli Manning have done a great job on the Manning cast. Really talking those terminologies that that fans may not know about and taking us inside the game obviously tony romo does that as well but i think brady may be next level
0: well i remember brady had that facebook watch show too where he kind of went through his house and his nutrition and his workouts and i mean that was fascinating and he kind of led you know the viewer through his whole life day to day so i kind of got to know him a lot more off the field in that show and i think you're going to see a lot more of that in the booth too so and i agree i mean you get the goat you get a chance to get the goat i mean you got to take it so good good choice
1: The other thing is, if you're paying Tony Romo and Troy Aikman close to $20 million, what do you have to pay Tom Brady? You would think he's at least making that. So he's going to make good money, not that he needs it. Um, It keeps him relevant, right? I think all these guys, when they're done, they're not as relevant as when they're playing games every week. So it keeps Tom Brady relevant for years to come. And it's good, you know, if you look at his Instagram and Twitter feed now, it's promoting the Brady brand and it's his, you know, crypto deals and he's always promoting something. So this again helps give him a platform for all the things he's doing off the field.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he's a self promoter. He does a really good job of it and he should be. I mean, he's got lots of endorsements and everybody knows who he is. So more chance for him to promote. And uh, I'll be curious, like you said, too, in the 20 million range, maybe more than that, And uh, keeps him relevant, keeps him healthy. He won't get knee injuries or neck injuries uh, in the booth, hopefully.
1: Yeah. Well, and now the next time he retires, you know what he's rolling into. Before it was like, well, what's Tom Brady going to do? I do think it's interesting. You know, the first time around, which seems like years ago, but it was only a few months ago, was I want to spend more time with my family. Well, <laughs> you see him at the Miami Grand Prix, which we'll talk about later. You see him all over the place. He's going back to play with the box and now he's going to be doing Fox games. I, I, you know, far be it for me to talk about what Tom Brady should do with his family, but he's going to have a busy schedule, maybe as busy post playing career as he does during his career.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the good thing about being a multimillionaire like him is uh, he can just throw the family on the private jet. They can kind of tour with him. So I'm sure he'll bring them along into lots of these arenas and things he's doing. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Schedule is definitely not going to slow down for the Brady family.
1: All right. Our next story that we'll talk about, how about the Kentucky Derby? I mean, I'm not a huge horse racing fan. I do like watching the Kentucky Derby uh, because it's an iconic race. But, Griggs, when you talk about the great, stories of all time in horse racing and just like, you know, the Rocky type stories, the underdog type stories. This is an incredible one. So rich strike was only put into the race like 31 hours before race time. So they created a t-shirt with the field for the Kentucky Derby and rich strike entered the race 31 hours before. So isn't even on the t-shirt and ends up winning the race. So, 232 days prior to the Derby, Rich Strike won a race at Churchill Downs, which is where the Derby's raced, by 17 and a quarter lengths. He was claimed for $30,000. By winning the Kentucky Derby, he his owners won $1.8 million. And that's just the beginning because you've got stud fees and you've got marketing and you've got all these other things. But Griggs, this was an 80 to 1 shot. And if you watch the race and the overhead of this race is amazing. I mean, it looks like this horse was shot out of a cannon in the last half of the race. And the jockey had to navigate, you know, the rail. And it was just an incredible story. I'll give you some more uh, stats in a minute. But Griggs, what did you think of the Kentucky Derby?
0: Yeah, it was fascinating to watch. I love NBC's call. Larry uh, Colmas, I think is his name. He did fascinating. Love his call. You can just see it. Like, I agree, the overhead view was unreal. As you see him go from like 18th place in the final stretch, and he just passes everybody and wins at the last second. And I think it's the second biggest odds to win horse ever. I think there was one like 93 to 1 that won one time, but this one's 80 to 1. So just incredible story and fascinating. And they're on the map now.
1: <laughs> Definitely. So Rich Strike paid to win off of a $2 ticket. So only Dawn Rail in 1913 had a higher payout at $184.90. So the jockey for this race, again, this horse doesn't even know it's in the race, and the owners don't know the horse is in the race until 31 hours before the race. So jockey Sonny Leone gets a 10% cut, so he wins $186,000. In his eight years of racing, the average earnings he made for a horse race was $2,561. He makes $186,000 in this race alone. Uh, the trainer, 57-year-old trainer Eric Reed, whose greatest year of being in the business since 1985 was 2010 when his horses won a combined Again, Rich Strike won $1.86 million on Saturday. So wagering from all sources for the Derby totaled $179 million. That's up 15% over 2021. There was a record of $8.3 million in money bet in Japan, thanks to Japanese bred horse Crown Pride, who was in the field. So that's all your stats and figures. For the Kentucky Derby, but Rich Strike is one of the great long shot stories of all time in horse racing, especially like we just said in the Kentucky Derby. And you just love to see those things. And the thing is, if that race ends 250 yards sooner, Rich Strike doesn't win. But because it ends when it ends, Rich Strike, who, you know, really caught up with those two other horses, had the chance to track them down and, and win by a nose right at the end.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if you saw after the race, there was a little uh, horse trash talking and a little uh, nipping at the neck with each other's horses. That was kind of funny, too. Off the screen, you saw these horses kind of going at each other after the race, which was kind of funny. But those horses are just absolutely fascinating animals. They are gorgeous. And uh, the the speed they can carry and uh, man, and weaving through other horses and jockeys, it's just fascinating to watch.
1: Well, I would have loved to have had a camera on jockey Sonny Leone's helmet because he had to navigate some serious traffic to get uh rich strike through on the rail. There were so many times where he could have been held up or not been able to get through and and you know he has no chance, but he got him through and then let him go and he chased down the two front runners and like we said he he ended up winning at the end but just a great story, and you know there are people who just bet. Lots of different things. I mean, I read a story about someone who bet 50 cents on the trifecta and won. They bet every combination and won like $47,000 off of a 50 cent bet. We needed that, Griggs.
0: Man, that's not bad. One time we went to Vegas, my wife put a quarter in a slot machine. She won 300 bucks. That was like our big claim to fame right there.
1: That's pretty good. That's a good return (laughs) on investment. All right. Our next headline. Could Magic Johnson be part owner of the NFL's Denver Broncos. The NFL Hall of Famer and entrepreneur has linked up with Philadelphia 76ers co-owner Josh Harris, who's heading one of at least five bidding groups uh, that is trying to get the Denver Broncos. You may remember that the Broncos are in a trust. They're being auctioned. It's a blind auction. So we're going to see. But, you know, Magic is part owner of the Dodgers. He's been part owner of the Lakers before. Um, His docuseries They Call Me Magic debuted on Apple TV+. And, you know, I think he made like $25 million for that. So, you know, Magic would be great in the NFL as part of an ownership group. There are some really good ownership groups that have bid on the Broncos. We're not sure what the timeline is, but I would expect sometime in the next, I'd say, two to three months, we're going to know who the winning group is. Um, The expected... Price for the Broncos, $4 billion, which would be a record for an NFL franchise. Griggs, what do you think about Magic being part owner of the Denver Broncos?
0: Yeah, I like it. I think Magic, we talked about Brady being relevant. I think Magic has always been relevant and has still done a great job since his career you know, post Lakers and, and NBA, he's he's relevant. He's a smiling face. He knows how to shake hands, he knows how to talk to people, he's involved in the the games, he's just around. I think he'd be a great owner. And look at Denver's growing. They got Russell Wilson now, they're gonna be better, the team's gonna get better. Um interesting to see where it ends up, but I think Magic's gotta be a front runner.
1: All right. So speaking of ownership groups, Griggs, it looks like Todd Bowley, who has existing stakes in the Dodgers, the Sparks, the Lakers, plus esports organization Cloud Nine. Is the leading candidate to be the next owner of Chelsea FC? It looks like the uh, purchase price is going to be around three point two billion dollars, making it the third most valuable team in the EPL. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean Chelsea FC is one of those iconic, you know, world brands. Everybody knows that team and soccer, a world sport, so you can see why the the price is in the billions because they're just much watched TV. They've had great teams. They've done great in the Euro Leagues, and uh, that'll be fun to see, too. I love the ownership kind of, you know, adjusting as we see these leagues kind of sell and buy and all these teams with new owners. So it'll be interesting to see how this one ends up.
1: All right, Greg's next week is the PGA Championship, and the field is set. It's going to be played May 19-22 to at Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Guess who's in the field? Tiger Woods? and defending champ Phil Mickelson. Doesn't it seem like it was like 20 years ago that Phil Mickelson won the PGA championship because so much has happened to him. There was reports out this week that he has $40 million in gambling losses. We know he's lost a lot of his sponsors because of his association with the Saudi tour um, and some of the things he said around that, but Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are going to be in the field. You know those two are going to be the dominant stories. Tiger, because of just his health and, you know, can he walk 18 holes? And then Phil, this is really the first time we're going to hear from Phil in months. So you know he's going to have to face the music. It's going to be interesting to see how that impacts his play. And he's also the defending champ. So if the defending champ doesn't show up at a tournament, especially a major, that's also newsworthy.
0: It does seem like an eternity ago when he uh, walking up 18 where the crowd was covering him and engulfing him and he, see he won the championship. But yeah, Phil is on a on a downside. He needs to come back and have some positive, you know, positive roles here. So hopefully he can pop back in there. But, you know, some of these guys that are so good and so big, they love that pressure. So maybe Phil comes in and absolutely dominates and maybe Tiger plays well because these guys love that underdog pressure. And, you know, they got to come up and show themselves. So we'll see what Phil can do. But uh, it's always a must watch tournament PGA Championship.
1: Who else do you like in the field?
0: I think Dustin's been hitting it good. I always have him in the top in these championship rounds. Uh, I don't know, Brooks, he needs to play better. Uh, Rory's been doing good, too. It could be any one of those big names, or we could have an underdog slide in there, too. Yeah.
1: I kind of like Rory in this tournament. He's been playing pretty well lately. And if I had to pick someone, I mean, it's not really going out on a limb, but he hasn't won a major in a while. Um, He made a nice charge at the Masters, uh, and I think he finished second. There, So um, it'll be interesting, but by far, like we said, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson will be the dominant storylines at the PGA Championship next week in Southern Hills. Now with NBA playoffs underway, Major League Baseball underway, NHL playoffs, I am on my Underdog Fantasy app every night. Underdog Fantasy is the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio. It's the fastest growing fantasy app ever released with investors that include... Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, Jared Goff, and many more. The Underdog Fantasy app is available at underdogfantasy.com on iOS or on Android. I love it. I play a lot of Pick'Em. I do Rivals. There's Best Ball. It makes watching the games a lot more fun. So we've got a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners New users can get up to $100 matched on their first deposit when they use the code SBR. So download the app at underdogfantasy.com and then enter the promo code SBR to get up to $100 to play with. All right. It looks like Nikola Jokic is going to be the back-to-back MVP for the NBA and it was Jokic, it was Giannis, it was Embiid—the three finalists. Griggs, did the NBA make the right call with Jokic back to back?
0: I kind of thought Giannis would have won it. I kind of thought he was the front runner. Embiid was kind of up and down, too much for me to win it. But I, I kind of, I didn't see Jokic repeating, so I, I was going Giannis. But uh, I mean, he he deserves it, obviously too, Jokic. But back to back, we'll see if he can go three in a row for next season. But I was kind of thinking Giannis was going to win it.
1: You gotta wonder if. Jokic is the greatest draft pick in NBA history. He was selected in 2014. He was the 41st pick in the draft. Griggs, ESPN was airing a Taco Bell commercial instead of covering the Jokic pick in that draft. And now he's poised to sign a five-year, $254 million extension with the Nuggets, which would be the largest contract in NBA history. So... Um, we'll see, but yeah, he had a great season. So he joins Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain and Moses Malone as the only centers with multiple MVPs. He became the first player in NBA history with 2000 points, 1000 rebounds and 500 assists in a season. He's just the 15th player to win MVP in consecutive seasons. He's the sixth international player to win the award. So uh, he and Giannis have won the last four. So they're both international players. In other NBA awards news, this is so well-deserved as well. Uh, Monty Williams, the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, has been named the recipient of the Red Auerbach Trophy as the coach of the year for this past season. So um, it's the first NBA coach of the year award for Williams. who joins Cotton Fitzsimmons and Mike D'Antoni as head coaches to earn the honor with the Suns. You know, Monty Williams is such a strong force in the locker room. Doesn't hurt that you have leaders like Chris Paul and Devin Booker on that Suns team. But Monty's been through a lot personally. Uh, He lost his wife in a tragic car accident a few years ago. And, you know, you just pull for guys like this. And he ran away with this award. Uh, Taylor Jenkins, the head coach of the Grizzlies, was second with uh, about 170 votes less than Monty Williams, Eric Spolster, our friend, was third. But uh, this is well-deserved by Monty Williams, Griggs.
0: Yeah, I mean, how can you not like Monty Williams? I mean, we're from Portland. He was an assistant here at the Blazers, and we saw him kind of work up the ranks. And he's just so poised. I love his control over a game. He's not yelling and screaming and running all over the place. He just coaches the game. that You can tell the players respect him. Obviously, he's winning games. He's been great the last couple of seasons. So well-deserved. And uh, yeah, he's, he's just a cool guy. I like him a lot.
1: All right. So other NBA news announced this week, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to play two preseason games in Abu Dhabi. This will be October 8th and October 10th against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, this will mark the league's first games held in UAE and the Arabian Gulf. So this is groundbreaking. You know, the NBA's this global game. They're always trying to get their tentacles out there across the world. And now they're going to be playing games in Abu Dhabi, They're preseason games. But, you know, again, you're exposed to a different audience, a lot of politics that may come with this and people may say this, that or the other. But again, I think it's the league trying to uh, expose itself and expand its reach across the world.
0: Yeah, I think it's smart. I mean, we've seen it with the NFL playing in London and some of the preseason games across the, uh, you know, the pond, as they say. And, uh, you know, I think you've said you've been to China, you know how big the NBA is across the world. Kobe, everybody knows him by name. Everybody knows Yao Ming. Everybody knows all these big names. So, you know, it, it's a big sport across the world. So I think it's a smart move by the
1: NBA. It'll be fun to see how they cover it and uh, how it looks across the uh, across the world. More news about the NFL's upcoming schedule. Uh, We have nine games, I think, so far that have been released uh, before the entire schedule gets released later this week. But we know now the Denver Broncos and the L.A. Rams are going to air on CBS and Nickelodeon on Christmas Day at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Griggs, what do you think of that matchup?
0: Yeah, that's going to be interesting on a Christmas Day game, too, in the afternoon. I like the Nickelodeon slant because that'll get the kids involved. They do a great job with the slime and all that fun stuff, too. So that'll be a fun kind of Christmas afternoon thing to watch. I'm down with it.
1: The other thing is, you know, the NBA always has Christmas Day games. Those are always their highest rated games of the year. You wonder how the NFL having games on Christmas Day is going to impact the NBA games. I'm sure it's going to hurt the NBA's ratings, don't you think?
0: Oh, I think for sure for those three hours, especially because, I mean, yeah, NBA usually has like eight or ten games. It's all day long. But um, yeah, NFL, it, they always win. And those are that's two big, iconic teams. So I think that will be a three-hour block that will take the ratings.
1: Yeah, and you've got Russell Wilson with the Broncos now. So the Broncos are much more appealing on TV uh, than they were... Last year, even, you know, basically since Peyton Manning left. All right. The Miami Grand Prix. I paid attention to this because remember, Griggs, we did the Sports Business Radio Roadshow at Hard Rock Stadium just a couple of years ago. And when we were there, Tom Garfinkel, who we sat down with, told us about how they were going to be building a Grand Prix racetrack right outside of Hard Rock Stadium. And we were like, wow, that's amazing. And they've got the tennis facility there. So they host the Miami Open. Right there around Hard Rock Stadium. And the Miami Grand Prix was finally raced this last weekend. It took place. And oh my God, all over social media, you see LeBron James and you see Tom Brady and Lindsey Vaughn and David Beckham and Serena Williams. And the stars were out in full force for the Miami Grand Prix. It looked like a great race. Dan Marino presented the trophy. Of course, the Statue that we saw outside of Hard Rock Stadium of Dan Marino. You've got Don Shula, who is the iconic coach of the Dolphins. Obviously, he wasn't there because he's not with us anymore. But, you know, just a lot of Miami feel to the Miami Grand Prix. Congratulations to Tom Garfinkel and Stephen Ross and team on, you know, really having a vision for bringing this F1 race to the United States and to Miami. I can't think of too many better places than Miami to have this. F1 is growing in popularity the TV ratings for this were great not only here in America but also in places like Italy where they got 4 million viewers so all in all Griggs uh, I think you know they have some tweaks to make but the Miami Grand Prix was a big success.
0: Oh yeah, big time! It was a celebrity name drop. Michael Jordan was there too, and just athletes and musicians and world athletes, world musicians, because Miami's such a you know hub for all that. But uh, yeah, I agree that that stadium's gorgeous and that track. They were doing the flyovers. I'm like, I've walked through that parking lot and now. There's a racetrack in it. I thought it looked great, and the crowds looked great. The race was fun. So yeah, I think overall, big time, good showing for uh, Hard Rock and Miami.
1: Yeah, how about that picture of Michael Jordan, Tom Brady? Lewis Hamilton and David Beckham. I mean, there were some goats in that picture. That was a pretty cool picture.
0: Yeah, that would be a nice one to have on the wall somewhere, especially if I was like in the middle of it, because uh, yeah, the goats all in (laughs) one pic.
1: You in the middle of it. I I could just see you, Griggs, right in the middle of the goat picture. All right. Speaking of pictures, uh, there's always lots of pictures when we head to New York and we're heading to New York Uh, Next week for Sports PR Summit, we have not been to Sports PR Summit in New York since May of 2019. The last time I was on stage there was with my late friend, NBA Commissioner David Stern. Um, It's going to be interesting. You know, I'm really interested. You know, our, our list of attendees looks great. We've got some incredible conversations lined up. But just being back in New York, I've heard so many stories of what's going on in New York. For our listeners, we're West Coasters. And you know we don't get out to New York that often, probably three or four times a year. Um, but we haven't been out there in three years, so I've heard lots of different stories about uh, you know the business industry there and how things are going, and are people coming to in-person events again? We're also going to be streaming this at SportsPRSummit.com. So. I don't know, Griggs. I'm excited to be back in New York because the city has great energy. I'm excited to see some people that we haven't seen in a few years um, in person. And we've only seen them on Zoom. Um, And then we have a great lineup. So I think it'll be fun. And we we have to have a slice of uh, New York pizza while we're there too.
0: Well, of course. Yeah, it's going to be nice to have boots on the ground back in the city. I agree. It has such a you know, festive always, not just at Christmas time. We love going to Christmas, but it's just always so good vibe and just energy and excitement. And uh, it's a fun city just to be in. So I'm looking forward to the event and a great lineup, going to be some good conversations. And uh, it's just going to be fun to be traveling again and back in the big city.
1: Yeah, I'll be sitting down with Steve Phelps, the president of NASCAR. They've done a great job with not rebranding themselves, but kind of uh, reimagining their sport, the car, um, you know, how they do things. Um, So I think we're going to learn a lot from him. Tom Rinaldi, who's one of my favorite storytellers of all time. Again, I think the Madden doc that he did uh, a few months back was maybe his best work yet. Rick Buecher is going to sit down with Tom Rinaldi at our event. So that's always fascinating. We've got uh, an incredible panel talking about Title IX, Hillary Knight is part of that conversation. Sandra L. Richards from Morgan Stanley. Um, Just some really good people on stage. And then I'm excited, you know, for the first time ever, we're partnering with uh, Syracuse Newhouse Sports Media Center to uh, give Lifetime Achievement Awards. And Veda Manager, who I've known for a long time, was a longtime PR executive with Nike, is going to receive one of the awards. And then Rosa Gatti, who was with ESPN, For a long time, really a pioneer for women in the sports PR space. She's also a lifetime award recipient at Sports PR Summit. So, you know, it's great to see people who are legends in the industry, honored for their excellence. And uh, that'll be a proud moment to see them honored in front of their peers, Griggs.
0: For sure. I think that's a great addition to the event, having that award for both of them because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough, tough job. PR is not easy. And these two, uh, through their career, have done awesome and the things they've done and the people they know and you know the the, the great moves they've made in their industry. So it's going to be fun seeing them on stage and getting that award.
1: Anything else that we want to do while we're in New York?
0: Well, you and me, I mean, we pack so much in 24 hours. It's incredible. We will probably hit, like you said, good food. We always have great food. We probably eat too much, but uh, it's it's worth it for a couple of days. Uh, we usually go the wrong way on a subway, which is always fun <laughs> <laughs> and just walking around I mean, Manhattan is fun and just, just, you know, getting the vibe of the city and the lights and it may be a Broadway show. If we have time, I don't know. It's going to be fun.
1: Yeah. I'm down 40 pounds from the last time I was in New York. So, uh, I think I have a little more, uh, leeway with maybe eating that second slice of pizza.
0: There you go. So. There you go. <laughs>
1: Um, All right. For next week, since we're going to be in New York, we're going to do a Sports Business Radio Vault episode. And Griggs, we put some thought into this one. It's the 50th anniversary of Nike this month. And we have had three former Nike execs on who have the greatest stories about their time at Nike, some of their interactions with athletes. Maybe one of the greatest stories ever told uh, on this show, Mike Nakajima, who was the head of... Nike tennis sports marketing for many years. He signed everyone from uh, McEnroe and Agassi and Sampras to Serena and Maria and Rafa and Federer. Um, he, he has a great story about the Wimbledon trophy. I won't ruin it for you, but uh, it's, it's one of the greatest stories ever told on this show about the Wimbledon trophy. Um, and I would just say, so Mike Nakajima... Uh, Ralph Green, who was a big part of Nike signing LeBron James. And um, he worked with Michael Vick and he worked with some of Nike's biggest athletes. And then Mike Hackman, who worked with Nike and oversaw Michael Jordan's uh, basketball camp. He has a great story about Michael Jackson popping in to Michael Jordan's basketball camp. So a lot of great stories, a lot of looking back on 50 years of Nike. And we'll bring that to our audience next week while you and I are in New York.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, 50 years of Nike and those three have, like you said, some iconic stories and Nike just itself has so many stories and so much history and just, you know, the gamut, they've covered it all. So uh, it was a fun show putting these three together because it was, I was going through them again and getting a lot of laughs and just like, oh yeah, that was a great story. So this is a must listen to vault show to be fun.
1: And then the following week, my scheduled guest is Jessica Berman. She is the commissioner of the NWSL, the Women's Pro Soccer League. So that will be an interesting conversation. That league has grown. She's new to that job. Um, Lots of sponsorship revenue coming into that league. The growth of women's sports, still a long way to go, but it's certainly trending in the right direction. So that will be a good conversation with Jessica Berman coming up the following week. So... Griggs, uh, we're off to New York, a busy week ahead. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Oh yeah. New York is always fun. Looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, the vault show, check that out. Following week talking women's soccer. It's going to be good.
1: All right, everyone. We'll talk to you very soon right here on sports business radio. Have a great week. Hey everyone. Brian Berger here. You might've heard my conversation with Nate Chackett's the Co-founder and CEO of Roan a few weeks ago on Sports Business Radio. If you missed it, definitely check it out. Roan is the new official menswear partner of Sports Business Radio. I love their product. I've been a fan for a long time. Did you know David Stern was one of their first investors? Roan makes the absolute highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable performance-driven clothing for men. Their entire line places emphasis on an active, balanced, and purpose-driven lifestyle. I'm wearing my spar joggers. I've got them in uh, Heather gray. I've got them in navy. I've got my moleskin commuter slim pant. I've got my regular black commuter pant. I've got my dress shirts. So when I'm out in in in-person meetings, I have the nicer Roan product to wear. But most of the time, I'm working from home. And I've got my rain long-sleeve gray Heather camo. I've got my rain long sleeve hoodies. I am wearing the shorts for workouts, the seven inch Mako shorts. So I'll tell you what, from top to bottom, whether it's casual or business wear, Roan has me covered. I know they're going to have you covered too. And Roan is offering sports business radio podcast listeners 15% off your purchase. Go to Roan.com, R-H-O-N-E.com and enter code sbr 15 at checkout like sports business radio 15 sbr 15 at checkout receive 15 percent off your purchase that's roan.com r h o n e.com and enter promo code sbr 15 at checkout well that's it for this edition of sports business radio thanks for tuning in Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio.